Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 12th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So, do you feel all stimulated? You know you should, but I highly recommend spending those $1,400 checks fast because I don't think they're going to be worth a whole lot here in the near future. So yeah, Congress got the deal done on the stimulus bill. I'm going to go into the details on that here in a few minutes. But first, let's just touch on what gold has been doing this week. It's been up and down. We hit a 10-month low early in the week, well below $1,700 an ounce. And then we rebounded. On Thursday, we got back to almost $1,740 an ounce. But then overnight, going into the European session this morning, gold plunged again. As I'm recording this, we're barely holding on to $1,700 an ounce. The biggest headwind for gold is dollar strength and rising bond yields. The bond market, that makes sense to me. Given that Congress just passed another $1.9 trillion stimulus, that's another $1.9 trillion in bonds that will have to flood an already oversupplied market. Bond prices should be under pressure, right? But dollar strength? I guess people don't really believe that the Fed is going to act to tamp down rising bond yields. They think the Fed is going to slow down the money printing press, I guess. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Look, I'm pretty convinced that the Fed is going to actually ramp up quantitative easing. I talked last week about how the Australian Central Bank was kind of a canary in the coal mine when it announced it would increase its bond buying in response to rising bond yields. Well, now we have an even bigger canary in the coal mine. I mean, it's a big old bird. The European Central Bank announced yesterday that it is planning on ramping up its bond purchases. And yes, for the same reason, rising bond yields. ECB President Christine Lagarde explained that higher yields could, quote, translate into premature tightening for financing in all sectors of the economy. So yeah, that's not good. Central banks can't let that happen. So what makes anybody think that the Fed isn't going to follow suit. I mean, we have the same problem on this side of the pond. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. The Fed is going to tighten soon to deal with inflation. No, it's not. I've been going over this over and over again. The Fed can't tighten because it has to monetize all of this debt. You can't have rising interest rates in an economy that is predicated and built on debt. Tightening would mean rising interest rates. You can't do that when your government is borrowing trillions of dollars at a clip. And believe me, the Democrats aren't done spending money yet. So I think the weak gold market right now, notwithstanding, all of this is bullish for gold and silver, too, in the long run. Okay, so let's talk stimulus. This is stimulus 3.0, right? Do you realize that coronavirus stimulus now totals about $5 trillion? That's $5 trillion spent in less than a year on top of the already out-of-control spending we had before the pandemic. So what's all of this money going to be spent on? And I guess the big question, who's going to pay for it? The House passed the so-called American Rescue Plan. Don't you love the names they come up with for these bills? Like, they're the exact opposite of what they really do. We had the Patriot Act. It wasn't patriotic. And we have the American Rescue Plan. Not going to rescue America. 
But regardless, the House passed this by a 220 to 211 vote. It was pretty much along party lines. In fact, not one Republican voted for the bill. They said it was too porky. Now, keep in mind, Mitch McConnell helped push stimulus 2.0 across the finish line with plenty of Republican support and lots of bacon. Apparently, only Republican pork is acceptable to the GOP, but I digress. So, who's getting paid? Well, the stimulus was sold on the idea of direct payment to Americans. So, yes, you are getting a check, or more likely a direct deposit. If you make less than $75,000 per year, or if you're married and you make less than $150,000 a year combined, you're going to get the full $1,400 per person benefit. But that amount phases out between $75,000 and $80,000 per year. And if you make more than $80,000 a year, well, sorry about your luck. On a side note, I'm pretty pumped with this money, along with what I've managed to sock away through the year. I almost be able to pay my 2020 tax bill. Anyway, the direct payments account for about $400 billion of the $1.9 trillion spending bill. So who is going to get the other $1.5 trillion? Well, there's a child tax credit of $3,000 per kid uh, ages 6 to 17, and that amount actually increases to $3,600 if you got kids under 6. So, a tax credit is a fancy term for a check, and it will be sent to families via direct deposit on a, quote, periodic basis over the next year. So, in other words, you're getting a little bit more money if you got rugrats. The bill extends the $300 weekly unemployment benefit through September 6th. It also provides a $10,000 tax break on said benefits. Yes, the IRS actually does get a cut of unemployment payments. Thank you, Uncle Sam. In other words, many people will continue to make more money sitting at home, not working, than they would if they actually went back to work. You know, this is a fantastic way to boost employment, not. Of course, there is more money for so-called pandemic relief. This is, after all, supposed to rescue America from the pandemic. There are billions of dollars slated for coronavirus testing and contact tracing, expanding the health care, public health workforce, and for vaccine distribution. Now, state and local governments were a big winner in all of this. You know, state and local governments shut down their economy, so now they're struggling because they don't have any revenue. Uh, well, they're going to get a nice payday from Uncle Sam. $350 billion total allotted for state, local, and tribal governments. Uh, the states in Washington, D.C. are going to get about $195 billion. Counties and cities will split $130 billion in aid. So this is a giant bailout for irresponsible governments, basically. School systems are also going to get a bunch of money. The bill sets aside nearly $130 billion to help K-12 through schools reopen. Now, I don't know. Does it cost that much money to open doors? I guess so. According to the Washington Post, the money is going to be spent on improving ventilation systems. Never going to happen. Reducing class sizes, buying personal protective equipment, and implementing social distancing. You know, making people farther apart is expensive. About $40 billion is earmarked for colleges and universities. There's also money in the bill for Head Start and other children's programs, along with about $1.25 billion for summer enrichment, $1.25 billion for after-school programs, and $3 billion for education technology. What education technology has to do with pandemic, not sure. 
Some folks are going to get some housing assistance, primarily low-income targeted. They bill lots more than $20 billion for rental assistance uh, and homeless relief. There's also $10 billion bucks in the plan for mortgage assistance. The stimulus plan also includes money to prop up failing pension plans. Yes, government pensions like New York State. Uh, yeah, they're going to get money. I have no clue what this has to do with the pandemic. Public pensions have been spiraling down the tubes for years, but, you know, there you go. Amtrak gets $200 million. Uh, the FEMA Emergency Food and Shelter Program gets $510 million. A federal infrastructure program to help local governments continue, quote, crucial capital pro- projects. Uh, that gets an extra $10 billion. Bucks. There's coronavirus student loan relief, and it's all tax-free now. Uh, there's more money for various small business loan programs because, you know, that's worked well. The Paycheck Protection Program gets another $7 billion bucks, and nonprofits are also going to be eligible now. A cool $175 billion is al- allocated for outreach and promotion. Yeah, the bill is creating a community navigator program to help target eligible businesses. So Basically, what we're saying here is they're going to spend a whole bunch of money to advertise to businesses that this free money is available. Nuts. Anyway, there's a new $25 billion grant program for bars and restaurants. I'm sure there's a lot more buried in this plan. That's just a a quick overview. After all, this is nearly 600 pages long, but you get the idea. Okay, so who is going to pay for all of this? Well, nobody. It's free. Okay, that's not really true. We all know this, but that's how most people treat it, right? It's a $1.9 trillion bill and money's just going to rain from heaven. You know, ultimately, the U.S. government will borrow this $1.9 trillion just like it borrowed the other $3.1 trillion spent to uh, stimulate the economy so far. You know, you might consider this problematic. I mean, I do. After all, borrowed money has to be paid back, but shh, we don't talk about that. So on March 1st, as I mentioned on a previous show, the national debt pushed above $28 trillion for the first time. But we're told now is not the time to worry about debt because we have an emergency. Of course, we didn't worry about it when there wasn't an emergency either, did we? You know, during the greatest economy in the history of the world prior to the pandemic, the Trump administration managed to run a $1 trillion budget deficit then. That's when we were supposed to be paying down the debt, right? So I'm not quite clear as to when we actually start to worry about the debt. I guess never. But you should probably enjoy your $1,400 checks while you can, because I'm pretty sure at some point Uncle Sam is going to come with his handout and chatter about raising taxes will commence. Now, they'll first they'll talk about raising taxes on the rich, but we all know that there's not enough money out there in the hands of the rich to fund all of this stuff. And of course, there's no way to tax away this debt, period. So spend that $1,400 now because it's not going to be worth a whole lot once that inflation tax hits. Because ultimately, the Federal Reserve is going to monetize a big chunk of this debt. That's what I was talking about on top of the show. This is why I'm convinced that the Fed is going to increase QE. It's going to have to increase QE. I don't see how it doesn't increase QE. There is not enough demand for all of these treasury bonds that the U.S. government is going to have to sell to finance this spending boondoggle. So central banks are going to have to step in and prop up the bond market by purchasing U.S. treasuries on the open market with money created out of thin air, not central banks, the Fed. 
This creates artificial demand for bonds, and it's going to keep interest rates low. Meanwhile, all of this new money is going to get injected into the economy, driving inflation higher and higher and higher. So yes, you will pay for your $1,400 stimulus check and your enhanced unemployment and your tax credits, and you're going to pay dearly in the loss of purchasing power. You know, the U.S. government has already gone beyond the limits of sustainable deficits. The question is whether or not the Fed can keep this going indefinitely, and I say the answer is no. Hey, but luckily there's no inflation, right? Well, have you been to the gas station lately? You know, it's weird. The pundits always blow off rising gas prices when they talk about inflation, as if paying another buck a gallon doesn't really matter to your pocketbook. We actually got the February CPI numbers this week. The mainstream spin was no inflation, nothing to see here. But what will we find if we dig a little deeper into these numbers? CPI was up 0.4% in February. That follows on the heels of a 0.3% rise in January. The, uh, the rise was in line with expectations. Now, in the 12 months through February, CPI gained 1.7%. Now, it's still below the Fed's mythical 2% inflation target, but it was the biggest year-over-year increase in 12 months. According to CNBC, a big spike in gasoline prices had a major impact on February CPI, quote, but underlying inflation remained tepid. See, I told you gas prices don't count. So there you go. Nothing to worry about. There's no inflation, just as Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell keeps telling us. But you'll find something interesting if you dig down into these numbers. I wrote an article about it that I'll post on the show notes page. As you know, the CPI is calculated by analyzing the price of a basket of goods. The biggest percentage of those goods are actually services, nearly two-thirds. And what has been hit hardest by the pandemic? Services. Think movie theaters, airlines, sports and entertainment. So these prices are still depressed, but people are taking all of this stimulus money and they're buying stuff, lots of stuff. If you look at the CPI for durable and non-durable goods, you see a lot of inflation. In fact, durable goods CPI is up 3.3% year on year. But what's going to happen is people start traveling and eating out and going to sporting events. You know, we have diminished capacity. We're going to have rising demand. Yeah, prices are going to go up in the service sector too, which again is two-thirds of CPI. So we have a service sector lag that's actually holding overall CPI down and kind of hiding the inflation that's building in the economy. But Powell can point to this and tell you, hey, there's no inflation. Well, tell your wallet that. So the question is, is your portfolio ready for inflation? If not, or if you don't know, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. They can tell you how precious metals, gold and silver, can help uh, protect your wealth as we enter into what I don't see how you deny is going to be a big inflationary period. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can actually subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, we're on the uh, Google thing, uh, Shift Gold YouTube channel. All of these links are on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again next week.